Ruby fans, welcome to another episode of Ruby Redux here on Rooster Team Radio. Tonight we are talking about Volume 8, Episode 5, Amity. Guys, there's there's a lot. This this episode was kind of heavy duty, so let's not waste any time. Come step into our humble abode and let me introduce you guys to my fantastic co-host. Uh, joining us tonight is the wonderful Katie Cullen. I promise I'm not Turbo Teen. <laughs> I'm getting it out of the way now. You have no say. <laughs> I'm just getting it done. Okay, so we've established that Katie is not Turbo Teen, not that Turbo Teen won't be discussed. God, so fucking damn it. <laughs> also joining us is the lovely Stacy Shuttleworth. Are you Turbo Teen? I, I don't even know anymore. Am I Turbo Teen? <laughs> okay, so the jury's out on Stacy. And uh, also joining us is the wonderful Mark B. Donica, who I assume is a Turbo Teen of some sort. Mark, what are your thoughts? So in my life experience, I found that the Turbo Teen is the friends we made along the way. (laughs) I see. Okay. I like that. I like that. Turbo Teen is more of a philosophy than it is a state of being. I I appreciate that. And uh, speaking of which, I'm Megan Salinas, and this is where I regret to inform you that I'm not Turbo Teen, but I wasn't my youth. It was... I'd rather not... When you were a teen? When I was a teen. I was a Turbo Teen, but those days are long behind me now, so... (laughs) To those of you who are joining us for the first time... Hi, <laughs> this is an extended bit that's been going on for a while that Mark has introduced to us. And it and might Katie seems leave. to hate. <laughs> <laughs> so we keep bringing it back. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Katie, you know, the more you resist the turbo teen bit, you know, the longer it's going to last. You realize, this is why I'm, you realize this is why I make puns. Because I know what you'll do. <sighs> to fucking Shay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're not here to talk about my vigilante turbo teen days. We are here tonight to talk about a different, I guess, a different turbo teen in a way. Because Penny, I I think in like in a different way, Penny doesn't transform into a car, but I think out of every character in Ruby, one might say that Penny is the most Turbo Teen-like. Is that is that fair? Is that fair? I think it's fair. Yeah, Mark, we're going to throw that to you because you are the expert. I mean, Penny doesn't really turn into anything, um, so to speak. She's she's turned she's turned into sadness. She is the reverse Turbo Teen. She's an automaton that turned into a real girl. And and, and she she's also cold turned instead into of a hot. maiden. <laughs> One more time, Mark. Uh, what Katie said. <laughs> <sighs> they were both solid jokes. I appreciate you, Mark. So let's let let's go. Okay. Enough with the turbo teen riffs. Enough with the bits. Let's talk about this episode. This episode was fantastic. It gave us action. It gave us drama. It gave us oh so many things and it hurt my feelings so much. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> what did we think of this episode? Let's go ahead and start with Stacy. So much screaming. So 
There was so much that happened in this episode. It was action-packed. Again, again, another action-packed episode. 18 minutes that gave us so much story and so many pieces starting to fall into place that I cannot wait to talk about in a little bit. But after the episode, I just kept thinking about our boy, poor boy Ren and how now he is sitting here adding letting a blood grim river spawn <laughs> to his list of failures this poor boy like you thought it was bad before <laughs> oh yeah no that's that's a lot to deal with mark what did you think of this episode this is a masterstroke i mean the intensity and the sheer amount of technical wizardry and to a certain extent fan service has risen to a fever pitch and we still have two more episodes before the mid-season finale not even the full season finale it feels like they're trying to make up for lost time if that makes sense because they're just throwing every single piece of ammunition that they they have like even though we got like even though our heroes quote unquote succeeded in this episode this episode was full of to a certain extent failure and what i'm interested in seeing is where our team and how our team deals with these failures moving on but in in terms of just like full like full scope this is this is one of the best that the team's ever done i concur katie how about you i laughed i cried and then i cried some more honestly this was incredibly well done and this we got maiden bowl 2020 mark ii we have fights i was not expecting that were amazing we got to see a lot of characters that we haven't seen for volumes and we got some uh, Watching this, my knee-jerk reaction was, oh yeah, there's definitely at least one parent on the Ruby writing staff. And then this entire episode was written by Miles Luna, and that went right out the window. But nonetheless, this the emotional beats for this episode were incredibly well done. Like, this is an episode that's like, all right, we got it. We got all of our pieces in place. Good. Let's go. Yeah, this is one of those episodes where it's like we've been building it to it for so long that it's it's almost a little bit surreal to actually see some of this stuff happen. Um, I kind of thought getting to Amity Arena was going to potentially be end of this season stuff. Um, I kind of thought that trying to get the message out there would be something that would happen a little bit further into the season, assuming it happened at all. And... So this episode is a pleasant surprise in that regard of like, oh, yay, we did the thing. We accomplished the thing. Oh, no. Not not to mention that we've been making Watts predictions for a good long while. And so this is a satisfying episode in that we get payoff for a lot of narrative threads that have been building momentum for a long time. But at the same time, it's also devastating because it's, when when the credits start to roll, you just kind of sit back and you go, man, I hate being right. <laughs> <laughs> so good narrative payoff. Ah, uh, I'm dying inside. 
Would you say that we now know what's up? No. <laughs> That's not how I would phrase that personally. Uh, no. So, <laughs> yeah, so that, uh, let's let's talk about this a little bit. Um, I think the emotional heart of this episode was specifically the relationship between Pietro and Penny and their father-daughter dynamic, I think was kind of the the main thing that carried us through from beginning to end. And it's it delivered, I think, a few emotional gut punches because Pietro is intent on trying to keep Penny safe no matter what. Uh, but everybody over the course of like oh, the last season and a half has been, as Maria points out, telling Penny what to do and insisting that they know what's best for her. Even when they do have the best intentions, it's everybody is telling Penny what to do. And she's at that point, I think that every young person comes to eventually where it's like, I don't really want to keep listening to any everybody anymore. I want to make my own choices. I want to live my own life. And it's a rough time when when a parent has to learn to let go. And again, all this is like normal coming of age stuff that doesn't have the fate of the world also hanging in the balance. So uh, there are a lot of narrative. There, there's a lot at stake here when you're having this identity crisis as you come of age. Um, so there's a lot going into that. Uh, what did we think of this relationship and how it played out in this episode? Let's go ahead and start with Katie since you went last. I really appreciated this. Again, this was the thing that made me go, oh yeah, there's a parent on the Ruby writing staff because that really hit home for that. I think that the crux of it was one part, Cinder saying, this is what you were made for and Penny having to stop and think about it and find her own reason for things. And one part, I'm I, I want to watch my daughter live her life and come back with, I'm trying to. Just that bit of finally getting that figured out, finally going, look, she is her own person. And yeah, she'll always be your daughter and you will always love her and you'll always be terrified for her because your kid being danger is absolutely terrifying for very good reason. But this just, this was very good. This is about 95% of what hurt my heart during this episode, which is how you know it's good. Mark, what do you think? Like Katie talked about, uh, understanding that there are probably some parents on the writing staff. The the metaphor that they're using of Penny, just because I don't like saying it, getting deactivated uh, back in Volume 3, and... Pietro using a part of himself in order to bring her back. Um, and that metaphor of if a parent loses a child, they lose a part of themselves. And it, it this just added more flames to more, more fuel to the fire. And uh, man, it's uh call your parents kids. <laughs> uh, truly. Um, Cause like, it's, it's the end of the year. It's been a absolutely terrible year. This there there I like when shows remind people that 
that there's a lot that people can be going through a lot more than what you see, whether it's in person or on social media or whatever. So um, I, I think this was a, a scene that we all needed. Stacy, how about you? Man, agreed. I think this was, I mean, Penny at the absolute most human point any of us goes through this point where we have very especially when you do have supportive parents that you know want what's best for you but sometimes it doesn't line up with what you want or feel that you need to do and penny working through that realization and it coming to that culmination this was such a raw heartbreaking like tender moment between the two of them um and you see like from both sides right like yes pietro wants wants to protect her wants her to be safe and and we all have someone that we don't want to send into danger that we would never you know willingly let them risk themselves and yet with a grapple with that realization that you have to still let her live her life i mean the, the I'm trying to, like Katie said, was just devastating. Yeah, this this episode was rough. Um, it, it was a lot. Um, I really appreciate that, like, we, I think about collective screen time with these characters. Like, we really haven't known Pietro for very long. And Penny hasn't been... I mean, we've known her since volume one, but she hasn't spent nearly as much time on screen as our, like, our, I would say, kind of central eight characters on team, you know, Juniper and, you know, swap out Pira for Oscar. But, like, um, she hasn't spent as much time on screen. You know, there were a couple volumes where she was completely absent. And... You know, we did lose her, but I I do remember thinking when she was initially introduced that like, oh, I I didn't feel too scared for her fate, even back in volume three. I was like, she's a robot. She'll just be, you know, they'll just rebuild her. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And sure enough, we got payoff for that in volume six. But this show has done a really, really good job in this like since her reintroduction in establishing just how much personally that has cost their family um like pietro straight up he can't rebuild her again that was a one time deal that's done and so the life that penny's leading now it's the only one she has and with so much of uh, this season and the previous season being focused on Penny's sort of emotional journey, just trying to navigate who she is and having to figure out what the, like, how do you know what the right thing to do is? Um, You know, along with all of our other characters, that has, you know, done a really, really good job laying the groundwork for how horrifying it's going to be now that her autonomy has been taken away from her. And yeah, it's just kudos to the writing team. Like we saw it coming and yet it still really, really hurts. So well done, Kruby, you monsters. (laughs) (laughs) 
hasn't that been just like this entire <laughs> season though? Well done, Kruby, you monsters. Like it hurt me. I love it. Give me more. This is where we are as a fandom. That's the tagline of this volume. <laughs> it's the tagline of the show. <laughs> I think so. But let's, all right, let's, uh, we, we've dug a lot into like the emotional nitty gritty of this episode. Let's talk a little bit about action because the whole main focus of this episode is getting Amity Arena up into the air um, for the purposes of being able to broadcast Ruby's message to the world. And while they're doing that, they get a little bit of a party crasher. Neo and Emerald and Cinder are on their girls' trip, and they are here to party. I think. Maybe not party, or Cinder's definition of party. Anyway, and what transpires is a. not only do we get a maiden fight, but we also get a fight between Maria and Neo, which is something I never knew I always wanted. So let's let's break down the components of this. We have Penny versus Cinder. With kind of Emerald in there, thrown into the mix, giving the assist. What was your guys' favorite part of the the Penny versus Cinder fight? Let's go ahead and start with Mark. That one in particular jumped out at me because one of the main selling points of Mercury being there was, I've been working on my semblance, and I don't... I don't know exactly what that work was because the fact that she's still like off in the corner, like, like, like casting a spell like Cerberus Snape at the, at the Quidditch game. Like everybody can see. Why am I, am I the only person that sees this? Um, I, I liked the, the, it's weird to say it like this, but I, I do have a point to it. I liked the desperation that Penny had to understand in the sense of I'm, I'm she, we did, we still, I don't, I still don't feel that she's entirely confident with her maiden powers. I think this fight definitely helped. Um, I don't think she has complete confidence in utilizing them in the future, but I think Cinder, accidentally brought that out and ultimately now that watts is in control well seemingly watts or or ironwood may be in control uh i think that only helped penny's system get a little bit more acclimated to uh the winter maiden powers um i don't appreciate cinder using a spear that i think was in bad taste rude she's a rude girl yeah she's she's a rude girl um i did i did like how we how we because well well for that reason and the same thing with seeing her use her bow again that brings back those memories that brings back that um seeing what sort of a level she's on or what what sort of a level she's trying to achieve and what level um we've seen her in in the past and what she can do with at, at that level so um i think that subconsciously made us a little bit more hesitant of oh the the the, the wrong maiden died um <laughs> but uh yeah it, it was uh one of the chore- choreographed fight and and i'm huh 
to to say I'm excited to see what happens next seems like such a chore. <laughs> it re- to, to in order to endure what happens next, it's going to take a lot of emotional energy. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> Stacy, how about you? This is hard fight. The way they utilize space uh, within the arena and how the fight progressed throughout various kind of, I guess, arenas here um, was just a joy to watch. Uh, and another of Cinder's weapons that she uh, pulled out here, that flaming bow and arrow yes. that she launched, uh, that was glorious. And if it was in anyone but Cinder's hands, I'd be all for it, making regular appearances. <laughs> uh, and I think, God, yeah, uh, kind of how Mark was talking about the way that Cinder's fighting style really had to bring out Penny's maiden powers, had to make her think differently, think on her feet, draw out her powers in a new way. Uh, Cinder was absolutely feral in this scene i mean launching herself at penny and like wrapping her thighs around her like just i mean shoving her hand into her face and trying to melt it unbelievable on cinder well it's cinder so not unbelievable yeah it was a it was a certain level of brutality that you like only tend to see during a maiden fight (laughs) (laughs) katie how about you For one, I agree with both of you guys. I think this really showed Penny's growth in terms of the maiden power she's had for, I think, less than 24 hours at this point. Penny has had a very, very steep learning curve. And watching her integrate her maiden powers with her combat abilities already was just fantastic. The other side of this that I really appreciate, just looking at Cinder continuing to try her best and continuing to just get her ass served to her on a platter has me going cinder's not actually up to snuff in terms of maiden fights they took out amber straight up by surprise with two people helping her and an ambush like that that was how that happened but going up against raven it was a difficult fight but Raven put her down. Going up against Penny, I don't want to say this wasn't even close, but it definitely wasn't as close as the fight with Raven. Like, in a one-on-one maiden grudge match, Cinder is just outclassed. And I don't know if that's because she hasn't had huntsman training like everyone else had, or, you know, a targeting system, which, A+, I love Penny so much. I don't know if it's because she hasn't had the appropriate combat training and is relying more on her powers than anything else, or if it's because she is completely desperate and is throwing a lot of other things out the window because of that. Because the Amber fight went down the way she wanted it to, but the fight with Raven and the fight with Penny, correct me if I'm wrong, because it's been a while since the fight with Raven, but they were both her herring off to go do her own thing, which didn't end well for her. So I'm wondering if desperation is just making her the lesser of the fighters by default, or if she really truly isn't up to snuff, and that's why Salem keeps trying to save her for the appropriate moment, because otherwise 
she'll get wasted. That's part of what this fight says to me. I loved Penny in this. Penny was unbelievably good. But I really do think between this and the Cinder fight, and then knowing that Amber was taken down by a surprise attack coordinated from multiple different people, that Cinder's not as good a fighter as everyone else. I think part of Cinder's issue is that she thinks she's a lot more capable than she actually is. Um, Don't get me wrong, she's definitely competent in a lot of particular ways. Like, she wouldn't have managed to get this far without competence and determination. (laughs) A lot of determination. But I think that's a really fair point. Uh, because, yeah, she's with the the way that this shook out. So far, Cinder's zero for two in her one on one maiden bouts. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, zero for three technically, if you count the last um, her going up against Freya. <laughs> oh man, she's zero for three. I wouldn't call that one on one though. That was a very particular situation. She was more going up against Winter and Penny at that point. Yeah, but when they were both out of the when they were both out of the equation and it was just Freya on her own, yeah, they're like Cinder couldn't even get close. This is true. This is true. So yeah, technically speaking, Cinder's 0 for 3. The only time she won a maiden fight was when she cheated against Amber, yeah. Well, that's interesting. Uh but yes, I, I really liked this fight. That that you know, uh, the the analysis of what this means for Cinder's character aside, I really did adore this fight. I love, I loved the superhero sort of aerial choreography. I I will never get tired of Cinder straight up Iron Manning her way <laughs> across the night sky. Um, it that was a really really cool. Not to mention just how beautiful like the nighttime atlas just background with like the broken moon in the background and everything like that i really really love just the overall setting for this fight and i think my two favorite bits were as stacy pointed out i loved cinder pulling out those flaming arrows uh because it reminds me of in breath of the wild there are certain bows where you can fire multiple arrows at once and that was just that was i think though i think being able to fire multiple arrows at once is really cool <laughs> i think that's fun um and then my other favorite moment was yeah penny using her targeting system to 100% use like cinder was definitely overconfident in her abilities and she was definitely overconfident knowing that mercury's abilities were also there giving her a leg up i really loved neither of them really thinking about the full implications of trying to use those illusion powers on a robot (laughs) where clearly she was able to see through it I I really appreciate that. Just want to point out that everyone's having a lot of trouble with the Mercury Emerald thing tonight. No, <laughs> shoot, did I say Mercury again? You did, Mark Ariel! did. <laughs> it's a rough night. Not again. And watch, when Mercury finally reappears in the season, we're all going to be calling him Emerald. Aww. I'm here for it. I'm going to call him Spider-Man. <laughs> 
Take it and run, man. I believe in you. Never mind, guys. <laughs> I quit. The podcast is canceled. I can't keep those two characters straight. The show's over. Go home, everyone. Oh, uh, what are we going to do with this entire mansion? <laughs> whatever. Do whatever you want. I'm going to the love loft. <laughs> I, I'm going to live there from now on. Uh, do we have anything to talk about in the love loft, or are we just there for the hurt comfort of it all right now? It's where we retreat to when we need happy moments. I'm going to make true. a blanket fort. Stacy, you want to come upstairs with me and make a blanket fort? I'm grabbing the pillows right now. <laughs> okay, y'all go upstairs, and I would like to talk about Neo versus Maria. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Stop you it. come okay. back down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna stand on the stairway and poke my head into this conversation. Carry on. I am, I am too. All right, Katie, what did you think of this fight? This was hands down my favorite thing in this episode. Full freaking stop. Oh my god! Starting with the hey, that robot kind of looks like the loader from Aliens, yes! and then having the full on get away from her line and cut off was unbelievably good they knew what they were doing and they leaned into the curve so hard they were horizontal it was great and this fight starts off with you know emerald working her magic as she does and with maria at a disadvantage but then emerald turns her attention elsewhere and this fight that started with what do you want and neo turning into ruby the next time we cut back to it Maria is having the time of her life and dishing up some massive disrespect. We are so accustomed to seeing Neo as an incredible combatant, which, let's be real, she is. She is a force to be reckoned with, and we know that. It is incredibly difficult to get a hit off on her at all. And here we have Maria gleefully ganking her umbrella and then whacking her in the face with the flat of her staff, just laughing, not even caring. This was so much fun to watch. And I love fights like this where it's, we have this person established and we have this other person established and we've never seen them interact. And we know for sure that Neo is a threat. And then you watch this and you're like, Oh my God, there is so much to Maria. Like we've seen her go nuts in that flashback, but she is still a ridiculously capable human being. And I love seeing that. And I love seeing just the gap in that fight because Maria was playing with her and it was incredible to watch because normally it's Neo playing with people. So watching the shoe be on the other foot was just chef kiss beautiful. Thank you. I loved it. An hour of that, please. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I could have watched an entire episode of just the two of them uh, going toe to toe. Mark, what did you think of this fight? I'm just happy that Maria can go back to Ruby and give her firsthand experience of fighting Neo. So in the future, at least she has some sort of an idea and she has a little bit more training of how to uh, deal with neo's uh, unorthodox offense but the maniacal laughter was everything that uh <laughs> i needed before all of my emotions came tumbling down this is a this is a great sequence stacy you know neo was having doubts before and then this fight happened and now i think <laughs> neo is reevaluating literally everything about her life and her choices recently <laughs> 
what a joy to watch. And we know Neo is incredibly talented. She is, I mean, the untouchable, poised, always ready to go combatant. But here we have Maria, whose life purpose is just to get out there and fight anyone and everyone with a smile on her face. And boy, does she do it. And what a wonder for us. I think in in addition to one, I I like I just never imagined that these two characters would ever for any reason fight. Um like it's just it never occurred to me. And so the fact that it, it happened is fabulous and fantastic. Um but I think the thing that I really liked about it is when the fight initially started and Maria at, poises the question of and what is it that you want and neo transforms into ruby i think neo is also very accustomed to her um powers of illusion her ability to transform into you know and disguise herself as other people i think she's so accustomed to that working to her advantage that it didn't necessarily occur to her that that's not gonna work <laughs> with the grim reaper maria don't give a fuck <laughs> well, you look like ruby i'm still gonna push you <laughs> like when it came to ren all she all neo had to do was give the nora puppy dog eyes and and ren totally caved that's not gonna happen with maria <laughs> and it was really really naive of neo to assume that it would but it probably always worked in the past so can't really blame her but at the same time it's just like oh you don't you don't know who you're messing with <laughs> i mean how many people in our extended cast aside from the group that was there at the time know that maria was also the grim reaper like Crow knows because he's a fanboy and he did that whole introduction thing. But how many people would just see this old woman and go, oh, yeah, she was one of the most terrifying huntresses ever. I feel like not many people know that. And I feel like that's the best disguise you can have. Anonymity. I feel like Neo is going to go home and do her homework, uh, <laughs> make a couple of discoveries and and all right. She's going to come back and be Maria's new apprentice. <laughs> I would like to see this. So I'm going to speak it into reality. I like that. But uh, I, I, you bring up a good point of this kind of backfired on them. This girl's trip did not end well for this particular trio. So, uh, yeah, I think some reevaluating is necessary and you know emerald emerald not mercury <laughs> is able to retrieve cinder uh, after threatening to short circuit their broadcasting system she's able to uh extract cinder from the situation and they all hop into the getaway car and they're heading i guess presumably back to salem's side but they're doing so completely empty-handed and having gotten their their asses handed to them so what's next for this trio or is there anything next for them like what's the next step for this group who just got thoroughly beaten down uh let's go ahead and start with katie honestly i think after this neo's gonna bail 
I think she is 10,000% done with all of this, with being demoted from half of a partnership to one of Cinder's assets and and knowing that Cinder gets zero respect around here because she accomplishes nothing. Like, I think she's going to look at this, go, well, this went off completely half-cocked. We accomplished nothing. And you know what? I can probably do more effective murder on my own. So I'm gonna. (laughs) I also think that Cinder is going to lash out. I almost said Mercury. My brain's there too now. (laughs) Thank you. It's spreading. It's spreading. It's contagious. I also think that she is going to lash out at Neo and at Emerald and blame them for what happened. Despite the fact that this was her plan and she... 110% just got her ass handed to her. And also, knowing from this side of the fourth wall that Salem wanted that message to go out. Just from what we saw later from her reaction watching it. Like, this was part of the plan anyway. And it's by the grace of the gods who are no longer here that Cinder didn't heck that up for her. Like, this is not going to go well for anyone involved. But the main prediction I'm making here is that Neo is out of here. Just forget it. Done with this. Mark, what do you think? I think either Emerald is going to take the blame willingly. Like she's going to say, it was my idea, blah, 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 blah. And Cinder's going to go along with it to a point where Emerald's going to be like, okay, chill out. (laughs) <laughs> and um, and eventually and and ultimately, I think this will be the inciting incident that's going to wake Emerald up, uh, and and break the illusion, and um, not maybe not necessarily get her from piecing out. Maybe maybe it's a team team up. Maybe it's Emerald and Neo teaming up and a couple of illusory sisters. Um, but I, I think either Emerald is going to. Uh, take the blame, or as you said, uh, Cinder's going to blame Emerald. But even in that regard, Emerald is going to go along with it willingly until Cinder takes it too far. You can't see it, but I finger guns at Break the Illusion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I like, I, I mean, we've talked before about the idea of them teaming up. Um, we've, we've talked at length about that. In fact, I would like to go back up to the love loft to talk about it more. Um, but (laughs) Mark, now that you've said that, I, I also very much like the idea of them having kind of like a partnership of animosity. Like if we're going the non-shippy route, I like them having, uh, if you've ever seen the play Chicago or the film adaptation, I like them having a Catherine Zeta Jones, Renee Zellweger, team up dynamic and i can definitely imagine emerald deciding to peace out and looking at neo and having to perform like i can't do it alone how, how <laughs> to can, try to convince her what what does a completely si- silent verse of cell block tango from neo even look or sound like i hope we find out it oh go ahead ruby the I musical mean... season nine <laughs> i'm in We did have that verse in, I want to say, Polish or Czech. I'm not sure. So, uh, body language is everything? And really good uh, musical accompaniment. 
That got away from me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's so sad because that's the only bit from that number where, no, not guilty. Oh, my heart. (laughs) Um, Yes, Stacy, what do you think? What is next for this trio? Is is this team up as short-lived as we all assumed it would be? Oh, man. Well, look, I... I, for one, would love to believe that we are about to hit the tipping point with Emerald. I can only hope. Honestly, after last episode and this one, I don't know if she will turn quite so so fast now. Um, we still have a very fully dedicated Emerald, and hopefully we'll start seeing the cracks and she'll start kind of waking up a little bit, but she could still be in it for a while. Meanwhile, Neo isn't even parking. She's opening the airlock and telling and like gesturing for them to get out. <laughs> abort! Abort! She, she pulls is done. She pulls out the wily e. coyote signs from Ruby Chibi and is just like, we have to go. <laughs> Duck and roll, y'all, because I'm not staying. <laughs> She's gonna like trick that, like act like she's parking, so they're gonna like unbuckle and and stand up with uh with Cinder, and Neo's just gonna tilt the ship up and let them go sliding out the back. I, <laughs> no, like, they're gone. She's done. <laughs> I would pay money to see this, and I say that already paying a subscription to see these episodes early. <laughs> Ah, yeah, I, I concur. I I feel like we are going to finally get that moment sometime this season of Emerald, you know, getting her heart broken and realizing that she cares so deeply about this person who ultimately doesn't care about her. And I think you guys are, I think y'all have hit the nail on the head. I think it's because that no matter what happens, Cinder is going to blame this failure not on herself, not on her over-eagerness, not on a lack of strategy or anything like that. She's going to blame it all on Mercury, <laughs> Mercury, who's not there. <laughs> He's on Emerald and Neo. Oh, good God. <laughs> I think I need a nap. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I really appreciated um the the journey that these three went on and i'm really excited to see how that continues to develop it's that time again i want to talk to you guys about itunes folks thank you so so much to everybody who's gone to itunes to rate and subscribe and leave a comment we love hearing from you and it helps us out actually immensely when you guys take the time to rate and review because that one we love hearing it and we love getting feedback from you guys um and two it also helps make us more searchable for people looking for rooster teeth related content so guys it really does mean a lot to us when we hear from you and we love giving you a shout out when we do mark do we happen to have any new ones this week we do we have a brand new one from rhythmic warrior who's been a longtime viewer i recognize that screen name uh their review is five stars salutations i'm so grateful to you all for keeping this podcast going i don't have any friends who are into ruby so it's nice to have a place to come to hear fellow ruby fans geek over the show we all love please keep up the great work team mask 
MMSK, which I mean, we all know what that stands for. Um, I get the color black because to mask can also mean to shade or conceal in darkness. Not sure if that's the best or worst team name considering 2020. Uh, <laughs> lastly, um, this, and this is all this is all what they're saying. This is this isn't me adding any sort of uh, uh, extra commentary on it. But uh, lastly, shameless plug. Uh, they make Ruby fan art. So head over to deviantart.com slash rhythmic warrior. Now there is a special way of spelling it. And that is R H Y seven H M I C W four R R I O R deviantart.com slash rhythmic warrior. Thank you so much for your, your message here. Thank you so much for following us and keeping along with the show. And, uh, even though we've had so many changes, it's nice to it's nice to see some familiar some familiar faces. I one hundred percent agree. We cannot thank you enough. It means it means a lot to hear. Um, and we also know that we're we're also very aware that we have an international audience, uh, and that will forever continue to blow my mind. And we are exceedingly grateful and humbled by that. And um, we can't always see your reviews if you happen to be in an international iTunes store. So please, if you've left a review, go ahead and take a screen cap of it and go ahead and tweet at us at the rooster team. Um, and we would love to give you a shout out as well. And we also just generally speaking, really like talking to people on Twitter as well. Do we happen to have any Twitter shout outs this week? I was not ready for that part. I was not either. My phone is on the charger. My my phone. Um, Let me see. Well, we've got some... um, The the Shadow Angel uh, tweeted at us today. I just started catching up on the podcast. Thanks for straightening out the anchor issue. Uh, Their anchor was down for a little bit when we were trying to... uh, when we were we were trying to put up some some Ruby episodes, so thank you for sticking us sticking with us with that. Uh, but they have a question relating to RVB Recall, uh, which is, what if Doctor Gray is working at Starlight Labs, or or worse slash better, in charge of the facility? Ooh, spooky! If you want to hear us talk, spooky! If you want to hear us talk about that, uh, make sure to listen to RVB Recall. Those go out uh, Fridays uh, after after we record because. Oh, oh boy, has that season been something to talk about? Um, there's There's been a general murmuring uh, in and around the announcement of Dead Little Roosters. We finally got our uh, the trailer today as we're recording this. So we're uh, we're really uh, we're really excited to uh, to sink our teeth into a new show and, and and hopefully we'll have something to say about that soon. And we just had a lot of genuine uh, <laughs> comments about the construction of the mansion <laughs> um yeah uh we've got stuff from cam just taken upside down uh left at the mc escher stairs uh because uh ryan uh argot 95 uh, retweeted ruby's uh gif of or gif i'll just say them both of penny giving the directions at the base uh to which they replied fans trying to navigate the rooster team mansion <laughs> We're real. I'm like, I would love to have a floor. Like, this is just me. I'm not like commissioning this, but I'm just saying in general, I would love to have a floor plan for this place because there's like rooms seem to pop in and out of nowhere. Uh, and and uh, I can't tell the actual physical space that uh, the, the amount that it takes up outside versus inside. 
Um, we got something from Maxis Fox 23 that that asks, so the house needs a place for screams, right? I suggest to you either the screaming saloon or just straight up panic room. <laughs> I am madly in love with the screaming saloon. The screaming and I will be firing there often. Swinging doors. Are we going saloon or salon? Oh, we can do either. Saloon has got a little bit of root and tootiness to it. Um, I am Riley. Oh, seven shares uh, shares her own uh, weird science class story about a, a fire that was lit and they had to stay in the same room. Uh, just wildness. Um, yeah, our, our last episode got a lot of reactions and, and we really appreciate that. Um, we also got a lot of new listeners. So if you're new to the show, welcome. Uh, we also got a terrifying prediction from Mal, but I'm going to bring that up later. <laughs> so, so thank you so if you want to interact with us you can always head over to our discord where the link is down below if you open up the description there should be a link there that you should pop right in to our discord we've gotten a couple new people hello welcome and uh if you want to uh interact with us on twitter just follow us at the rooster team Yes, and there are also a variety of ways uh, that you can support us outside of making reviews and joining uh, our our various places of discussion. We also have a tea public store. The holidays are coming up, and there are always lots of tea public sales going on. So go and check that out. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, we also have a sponsor. We do. It is that same wonderful, consistent sponsor whom we love so much. Fred he bakes. Fred does cookies and the cookies are uh, amazing we have the brown sugar buddies which are his flagship cookie they're like a cross between a ginger snap and a spice cookie and a molasses cookie they are chewy they are fantastic highly recommend them and whenever i order a dozen they're gone in less than two days which should tell you something they are incredible if you prefer more fall flavors currently he is also doing maple brown sugar buddies which are all of the goodness of a brown sugar buddy and also maple and are incredible dipped in your hot winter drink of choice i recommend the spiced apple cider because maple and apples and spice just super good but really guys they're good in and or with anything if you are not much of a spice cookie person if you prefer chocolate chip cookies then you want the big chip buddies they are huge they are huge they are fluffy they are packed full of chocolate chips they are slightly more difficult to drink to dip into hot beverages unless you have one of those huge mugs which awesome so do we highly recommend and if you're like me and you like to try a little bit of everything he has sampler boxes with different combinations of brown sugar buddies and maple brown sugar buddies and big chip buddies and you can pick what you want and get a little bit of everything and then order more of your favorites which generally will be all of them if you would like to obtain these cookies that are made fresh that are never frozen that you cannot find in stores head to fredhebakes.com that's three words fredhebakes.com and use coupon code the rooster team for 20% off your entire order that is fredhebakes.com coupon code the rooster team treat yourself and also get them for holiday gifts you deserve it and so do the people you would be giving cookies to Again, we can't say thank you guys enough for all of the various ways that you support us. So thank you guys so, so much for everything. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. I think on that note, let's get back to the show. Uh, guys, for the 
first time in, oh gosh, ever since the idea was floated at the very beginning of the last volume that Amity Arena had been repurposed for the purpose for the express purpose of delivering a message to the entire rest of the world. We have been waiting for the moment where the uh, where our boys and girls got word out to everyone else in Remnant uh, and told them the truth about Salem. And this is where we finally get that moment. Um, They've missed their their broadcast window. And so Penny single-handedly Iron Man's her way (laughs) and manages to lift Amity Arena so that the broadcast can go out. And what we have is adorable, wonderful, sweet, wonderful, pure soul Ruby Rose giving this speech to literally everyone in the world, which no pressure, Ruby. <laughs> Good thing it was pre-recorded. Um, but yeah, she delivers this message that tells the truth about Salem, that tells the truth about the maidens and about Salem's plan to take down the Huntsman Academies and that uh, multiple professors can verify this story and that Ironwood can no longer be trusted. But don't panic, everyone, uh, because that's what Salem wants. And if we all just band together, even if Atlas falls, if we all band together, we can win because we don't have to kill her in order to defeat her. Why else would she have bothered biding her time for so long if she couldn't be defeated and you know the broadcast does get abruptly cut off towards the end of it but the message gets out there and we see not only just shots of various people all throughout remnant we see a lot of characters that we haven't actually gotten to see in a long time um multiple volumes for some of them and so we, we check in with all these familiar faces and we la- allow this message to sort of sink in. What did we think of this moment where Ruby gets to give this very heartfelt message out to the world? Let's go ahead and start with Stacy. This was one of those quintessential Ruby moments where everything that this show stands for and champions and works to weave throughout its stories kind of comes through in Ruby's innocent, hopeful message. Uh, Even when things are so dire, we see kind of Ruby standing there, urging everyone to band together. And it makes for such a powerful, wonderful moment And then, like, pile on top of that, us going back and seeing not only the characters that we're currently with, but all of these familiar faces from who are now scattered all over, who have been working on their own little, you know, pockets of the world, now being called back together to bring this epic fairy tale (laughs) moving on. I concur. Mark, I know you were joking about it at the at the top of the show, but I really do think the key to beating an immortal monster is the friends we made along the way. <laughs> do you care to elaborate? I mean, no, that's really what uh, I think the this is a this is a wonderful moment that 
immediately gets undercut by the rest of the episode and the and the rest of what's going on in the world and it's <laughs> it's it's indicative of like a can't can't they just have one victory before everything goes to crap no that's how life is and that's really unfortunate <laughs> i thought the show was an escapist uh was an escapism but um i it, the fact that uh shopkeep's back that's a game changer <laughs> he's, gonna, he's gonna grab his broom and just he's going to fly no he's gonna instant transmission like uh goku at uh like to to beat frieza again we're back <laughs> baby um though though t- like to be honest i did get a lot of like goku spirit bomb energy from from all of this and i feel like there there may be something with like the god of light where everybody like shares their light and it and it uh destroys the darkness and now we're getting into kingdom hearts territory but it's it's one of those uh things where that it's one of those things those i i felt the message of hope ultimately and um just to sort of uh poke the brains of everybody uh people noticed that with glinda her accoutrement her her earrings her her uh yeah her earrings i guess uh the gem matched the same blue tone of the lamp and the staff and we know that it's a crown for mantle so maybe that maybe the earrings are part of the, the it's like a royal royal jewels sort of a situation and it's earrings and a crown and she's going to be part of the defense mechanism for mantle which we can we already could tell from the way that the other headmasters had operated but it, it was nice to see people and ultimately um hope that it will be a little bit more of a happy ending than it looks right now mark as you were describing uh, Glinda's earrings. I had a red Manuel. Like, oh my god! <laughs> wow, what a you. Do I have to put a, a nomad trigger warning in front of this episode? Like, oh, no. <laughs> that might be best. And oh now we're god. all sad. Yeah, well, yeah, now we're all sad. <laughs> I think we were sad enough before. Thanks. Yeah, this I'm didn't s- help. Stacy was holding out. And then that happened. <laughs> this is what broke me. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's it's legitimately what happened. But I'm sorry, Katie. What did you think? First of all, Mark, I adore that theory, and also one fear because the relics are known grim magnets. So she'd just be straight up wearing a grim magnet everywhere. <laughs> she can take it. Oh yeah, I love it. It's baller, and also I'm terrified. Uh, this entire sequence was one that I just want to sit down and watch four or five more times, partially just to see all of the different characters we haven't seen in so long, and partially just because, yeah, this message is great. Mark, I know you were talking about, we're getting into Kingdom Hearts territory, we're getting into this territory. The the such and such was the friends we made along the way canons have a lot of overlap, And most of that is just the Venn diagram of friendship being magic, powerful, etc. That, you know, friendship fixing things. So I can definitely appreciate that. And I can definitely appreciate a canon that reminds me of Kingdom Hearts in all of the best ways. (laughs) Yeah. 
I will say the one thing here that killed me was cutting back to Taiyang as the broadcast went down and him just going, no, come back. Like the parents in this episode, man, single dads out here doing their best. Raven coming out of the bathroom. Like what was on TV? (laughs) Did I miss something? (laughs) Just comes back from the kitchen. Sorry, the popcorn was done. What did I miss? (laughs) Oh man. Oh man. Um, I, uh, yeah, I I think that brings up an excellent point of like, you know, looking at all these people that Team Ruby and company have, you know, they've affected all of these people's lives as they've been going on their journey um, after having left Beacon. And uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where looking at Ruby deliver this message and looking at her hold on to that optimism and that hope in the face of overwhelming odds um that that more on it like she is that more honest soul and she is how we're going to win but it's not going to be just because of her she's the person that's going to bring everyone together in order to defeat salem which is a very very odd that like i can feel very confident about that knowing that they've touched so many people's lives and everything like that. It's so weird that I can feel confident about that because as, as we brought up earlier, when we cut to Salem, (laughs) as this broadcast is going on, she's sitting there basically, basically like a bond villain going, yes, all according to plan. (laughs) And so it's like, Oh, okay. This somehow factored into her, four-dimensional chess sort of strategy going forward to to at that I guess this is how she basically knew this was going to happen and that's why she discouraged Cinder from going off on her own um what exactly is Salem planning here why why was she 100% content with allowing the world to be notified of her presence. Do we have any thoughts on that? Uh, let's go ahead and start with Katie. Honestly, I think she was hoping that people would just straight up panic and make her job easier. I can, I can see two things happening here. I can see one just yeah, that essentially straight up global panic, which you get wiped out by Grimm and then she shows up when the towns are already weakened and Huntsmen are already injured. And it's just like, hey, I'm moving in now deal with it or we attempt to send forces who are not really prepared for the whale the hound the metric ton of flying grim because the kingdom of atlas is under attack doesn't really encompass everything that's happening here so we send forces who are not necessarily prepared for what they're about to see, which would arrive too late after the kingdom had already fallen, and she'll just be able to roll over them as well. Similar idea. Places not defended, she can easily take over. Like, I think she wanted this from a pessimistic, worst of humanity sort of viewpoint. Stacy, how about you? I can see it coming 100% from hubris. Uh, I think Salem wants everyone to know, wants them to see her being this unstoppable, powerful force, doesn't care 
who is on their way to quote unquote stop her because she doesn't think she can be stopped. And with fair reason, she has an army of flying grim, a hound, a giant flying whale, and herself, among other things. So she's a force to be reckoned with. However, her wanting everyone to know and thinking she's untouchable, I think that is going... Letting So having her let Amity Tower go up and not bothering with it because she doesn't think it's worth her time is where she's going to start realizing that she greatly misjudged humanity and the people of Remnant. Mark, what do you think? I'm I'm just imagining an internal monologue that's the Meet the Scout promo from Team Fortress Two. Um <laughs> But it's all, but it's all Salem. Like if you grew up where I was, if you were from where I was from, you'd be dead. Like, like that whole thing, <laughs> but just replace Scout's model with Salem. And that's just running on repeat in her head. That's how, that's how full of hubris and arrogance is going. Through. Like she's just full of, full of all of the, the, the bad. That's the end of the sentence. She's just full of the bad. Um, that. She she's got that confidence, and sometimes you you know you know it's healthy to have like a certain you you know you look back at your life, you look at what you've done, and you have a certain amount of confidence when you go into your next like big uh, thing that you're trying to do, and you know what that's that's healthy. It's not it's not healthy when it's genocide, but like <laughs> but just in the sense of of like hey she she earned that confidence through years of terrorizing the populace. <laughs> Um, <laughs> can, can I get it's not healthy when it's genocide like on a shirt or something <laughs> that's amazing oh I, I mean if you have to wear a shirt to remind people of that I think we're too far gone I don't want to sell a shirt that has I that on it because that's just that's even either. worse I don't <laughs> either we are not doing far. that white shirt and a sharpie <laughs> I said, get a shirt, not sell a shirt. I will paint that sucker if I have to. I think ultimately what Salem's doing is generating buzz for her big red carpet Jesus event. Jesus Christ. Think about it, guys. <laughs> she got a new Gorilla dress. Gorilla marketing, but literally with gorillas. <laughs> she got a new dress. She got a cool new ride. And there is literally... A red and black carpet being rolled out into Atlas on her behalf. Uh, that, you know, kind of joking aside, we, you know, the end of this episode, we leave on kind of the cliffhanger, finding out what was splitting apart the ice in the previous episode, and it was a river of grim. Yeah, just say that casually, like it's no big deal. <laughs> no big deal. Just a sentient river of like monsters. Um, but, like, this, we're seeing this outside of Mantle, and it's heading right towards Mantle. She's been at this game for quite some time. Who's to say that there aren't similar rivers heading towards all of the different kingdoms in Remnant? Uh, she might be... I mean, this might be the biggest red carpet event that Remnant has ever seen. That's all I'm saying. 
I'm just imagining her literally walking on water now, <laughs> walking down that river. <laughs> oh, man. I, again, she has the outfit for it. She is prepared. <laughs> this is exactly what she's been planning she's for ready millennia. She's the finale of the planet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kinda. Isn't that the idea? Wouldn't that make it the series finale? <laughs> Not for her. She's immortal. Shit. But no, no, no. Like, literally, this is the series finale for Remnant in in her mind. Because if the gods come back and find humanity wanting, then that's it. That's game over. So for her, that's a win. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm, I'm still stuck on, yeah, everyone else might have rivers too. Like, shit. <laughs> There's something new to think about. Enjoy. <laughs> Or if we're going for the wordplay, uh, damn. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, not not to jump around too much, but uh, part of, you know, to, to get back to the, the River of Grimm, if we remember the, the design of the hound, he seems, or the hound seems to be made up of, you know, that kind of liquid, primordial, uh, like the the pond that the Grim emerge out of. Like I think the word you're looking for is he a goopy boy. <laughs> yes, that is the technical term. Thank you, Mark. He is a goopy boy. And so we we did kind of um in the previous episode we talked about how um because she referred to the hound as an experiment that we just sort of assumed that he was a one-off while also earlier in the season we floated the idea of there being multiple of them um and then dismissing it last time um but like the looking at the river of grim uh it's like oh are these all made out of the same substance as the hound like are these just is this like just a river of hounds <laughs> is this a river of krampuses <laughs> uh, are you suggesting that the river of goop is just going to suddenly solidify into countless hounds who will <laughs> then continue their assault because thanks i hate it hey megan, hey, megan yes. i know i know that we've asked eddie to stop but hey pump the brakes a little bit hey could you could you make like uh, turbo teen eating cold food and pump the brakes. <laughs> there it is. You can't I was gonna s- go ahead. No, the t- turbo teen, you can't stop me. I, will I was hoping, away. I was only hoping to divert you, put up one of those little diversion signs. Sorry, road closed, alternate routes. Much like take. the spicy foods that turbo teen. Uh, ingest <laughs> to transform into his most perfect form I would never avoid them for any reason even if they gave me indigestion <laughs> that was extremely McElroy in its delivery congratulations and also ah <laughs> that's a compliment um, yeah I, I was gonna say Megan thank you for living up to this series that hurt me give me more <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i just deep and wide deep and wide oh no 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 see my brain was going in the middle of the night i go walking in my sleep except instead of the river of dreams this is the river of nightmares <laughs> yikes that is not clean water 
Hi. Um, but I, I don't know that I, I'm literally just throwing that out there because I, I just thought the look of the hound was so interesting in that he's like his solid liquid form, <laughs> his liquid Terminator form where he could transform different into different things. Um, I might be incorrect in that assessment that like maybe these are just a bunch of hounds. I don't know. Do we have any particular thoughts or theories on the river itself? Stacy? I know you said that you <laughs> thanks I hate it. Uh, do you have any thoughts on what this might mean or or how we can stop it? What what do we do about this particular problem? We curl up into a ball and cry. <laughs> So the 2020 method of coping. Yes, that is the only (laughs) method of coping I have left. (laughs) You know, I didn't really subscribe to any of those theories about the Grimm, the fancy designer Grimm being people. But with this river, I might be changing my mind. And I don't (laughs) like it. Mark, uh, earlier you said you had uh, something uh, that Mal had brought up about the Hound. Uh, do you want to? Do you want to elaborate on that? I would after I talk about what I think the river is. Yes, yes, let's do that. Um, I think wherever this river goes, it's going to start to terraform the world around it into resembling more of a wasteland like the Dragon Continent. Ooh. In the sense, because I feel like this, if you want a, a literary uh, reference for the river i think it's it's the river sticks i i think this is what's going to be separating the world of the living which is remnant and the world of the dead which is salem's ultimate plan did that help or hurt <laughs> i can't tell everything I... hurts both oh, there, okay there's that Again, thank you. It hurt me. I want more. <laughs> we going great, baby. <laughs> Shiny silver dollar on either eye. Going back to Malachroma's comment, uh, listening to Rooster Team talk about how they don't believe that uh, Soylent Doggo is people. <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm going full Pepe Silva in the conspiracy corner about why doesn't it have eyes and the big bad wolf ate the grandmother. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. At the same time, like at the th- at the same time, like I thought it would. It's a good misdirect to cons- like for us to think. Oh, they already did the big bad wolf. The the those are the Beowulfs and the alpha Beowulfs that we saw earlier in the season. But to make someone that uh to to make a grim that is that is actually embodying that character uh too spooky and what no eyes you have doesn't doesn't work for me personally (laughs) again thanks i hate it we've had grim without eyes before haven't we uh even just these giant centipede grim that we've got going haven't we had eyeless grim does the weird jellyfish thing count Maybe. I think that's also a construct. But, I mean, there there's definitely something to this, you know, this, this doggo. 
<laughs> this bad, 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 good boy. Uh, there's definitely something to some um, to the idea of like again the, a creature with these particular characteristics being reminiscent of the original Little Red Riding Hood fairy tale. And I think Mel is definitely onto something there. Um, oh gosh, now that I'm thinking about it, if the <laughs> if the hound really wanted eyes, it could just adjust and give itself eyes. <laughs> now that I think about it, huh? Huh? So then that makes me think it doesn't need them. This is a scent hound. Huh. But yeah, no, no. Go uh, on, you. Sorry, I got lost thinking about like <laughs> just the various ways that the hound just readjusts and changes its form and everything like that. Um, as far as going back to the current ever shifting river that we have heading towards Mantle, uh, the only thing that I can think of to put an immediate sort of stop to that particular situation is calling Ruby and being like, hey, can you do that superhero thing you do? Um, we need you to get down here like ASAP. So use your super speed and then use your super awesome silver eyes thing because we got like a situation here. <laughs> but they have no reception. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we need to fix the bike. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, do we have any final thoughts on um, Ruby's message out to the rest of the world? Um, some of the familiar faces that we got to check in with uh, and Salem's plan. Do we, or, or her potential plan, given how horrible everything is. Do we have any final thoughts on this section of the episode before we do, T touch on one or two other things and then wrap up for the evening. I just really want someone to rewrite River of Dreams to be <laughs> River of Grim. I just, I want it. You wouldn't go for River of Screams? <laughs> <laughs> That's Nailed even it. better. <laughs> Mark, you mad genius. <laughs> it's just a rhyming. I don't even know what the song is you're referring to. Okay, you need to listen to it. It's amazing. But also, yes. <laughs> All right. I think on that note, um, the only other thing I want to touch on is uh, we haven't really checked in with General Ironwood and Winter and the remainder of the Aesops um, quite yet during this episode. Uh, basically, when they saw that Amity arena had launched into the air they were like okay now is our time to enact our plan and then when watts does officially manage they see the broadcast that ruby uh <laughs> puts out to everybody and decidedly turn it off when um ruby starts talking about how general ironwood cannot be trusted and then watts actually does manage to succeed in hacking penny but the result isn't quite what Ironwood was expecting because Penny's not immediately responsive. And so they send him back to his cell uh, as he grabs some tech on his way out, which, bad move, guys. You're, <laughs> come on, you're professionals. You should be better than this. And Ironwood sends out 
winter with the Aesops to go and basically confirm Penny's status. So they are out looking for Penny now. How do we think this is going to progress? Because at the moment, I think the way the show is going, we're going to have Watts controlling Penny from within his cell, and it's going to be Penny versus the Aesops yet again, only, you know, it's going to go a little differently this time. Um, And where ultimately do we think Winter's going to land on this? Because again, this doesn't seem to be in line with her values as of yet, but she is still at the moment standing by Ironwood. So where do we go from here? Uh, Let's go ahead and start with Mark. I just got a terrible idea. Thank you, Megan. Um, (laughs) Instead of friendship being that well actually this in a way it will be friendship that snaps penny from her control uh what if watts makes penny hurt winter (gasps) like like real bad like a a bad bad time no um oh actually and 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 that just reminded me uh one of the saddest things of this whole episode was seeing sad whitley in the office uh while the message was going out and just being like yeah that's a sad child anyway back to the other sadness we were talking about um i (laughs) sending your most elite troops to uh, away from the populace in a crisis situation to try to get a tactical advantage is one of the stupidest things I've ever heard of. And, and to me, it doesn't necessarily apply to metal, you know? Like, yes, win, at any mean, win by any means necessary, succeeded by any means necessary, but confirming, confirming Penny's status, like, it, for, the, for the distinct reason that it's going to take a while for them to get out to the middle of the ice wastes. I feel like the finale, at least the, the mid season finale is going to be like the end of frozen one, where it's just going to be this big snowstorm and people are going to be like, where are you? Like all the, like that sort of a thing, but it's going to, it's not going to have a happy ending and we're going to go on a break for two months. <laughs> <laughs> Do we know where the vault is? Uh, isn't it in the bottom of Atlas? I honestly don't know. Is that because the because the staff is is keeping the city afloat, right? Yes. Yeah. So, I I think that that's it. Yeah. And, and, we we we've been in the vault. Yeah, that's uh, where that's he shot where, the boy. That's where he shot oh, the that, child. God damn! Wow. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> I yep. Yeah, brain's working real well. Still stuck in the river of Grim. <laughs> to climb out of there i imagine yeah you don't it's like quicksand with teeth you don't you don't want to get stuck in there <laughs> stacy what do you think uh i think that it might not be weiss that brings winter around it might be a truly devastating showdown with penny uh we've kind of gone back to Penny's friendships and her personal relationships outside of Team Ruby these past few episodes and now that we we have spent more time with Penny in this episode and her father exploring their relationship I think we are also going to explore these relationships that she formed while working with Ironwood and with Winter 
And I think Winter's going to have to take a really long look at herself and her choices, which she's kind of already not 100% on board with concerning Ironwood. So we're going to get, hope, well, hopefully not too heartbreaking, but definitely a very compelling moment between the two of them. You know, granted that Watts doesn't completely just screw everyone over as we know he's <laughs> going to. I think that's a really fair point, uh, especially if Penny is able to um, have some minor measure of control still. And we see just how much Watts has done to her is is actually hurting her. Um, you know, it. I think it's it would be impossible for in that scenario for Winter to dismiss um, the morality of the situation that they're in. And yeah, I, I think that's a really good point. Katie, what do you think? I think this is the point where I point to the long, long scroll of reasons that Ironwood should literally never have let Watts anywhere near technology <laughs> once he had him in jail that is still unrolled all over all of our MC Escher staircases and hallways and go, see all those reasons? This, this is every single one of those reasons. This is, we knew it was coming. What especially killed me was him looking at Watson going, what did you do? Like, you're only asking that now? So, you know, still uh, still working out some frustration with some decisions that have been made. I really like the idea of having to fight Penny being what brings Winter around, having to really kind of sit here and look at who is she really allied to? How have things worked out? Because rethinking her alliance to Ironwood is rethinking her entire life. She joined the military to get away from dad. So this is rethinking the place that has given her freedom and structure and the ability to pursue what she wants outside and not be under the thumb of a very domineering, horrific father. So rethinking literally all of your life's decisions as the world falls down around you is not going to be easy, but honestly, there might not be a better time. I also think we're going to get, like, I like the idea of uh, Watts controlling Penny from his cell, but I also would not be surprised to see him just stage a full-on jailbreak just to hack his cell and get out mm. and then be at loose in the middle of at, at large rather <laughs> at loose woo my favorite part of ruby is wondering at loose <laughs> at loose and at loose uh, be at large in the middle of the atlesian control center like cuz that helps so yeah regardless this is going to be really super bad and once again i'm here for it this hurts me give me more yeah, no, I think I think all of that sounds all of that sounds really plausible and very upsetting. <laughs> so, we are in for it. Uh we're going to be in for it next week. Um do we have any final thoughts on this episode before we wrap it up for the evening? Uh Mark, let's go ahead and start with you. 
call your parents uh especially <laughs> if you if you don't live with them if they live in another state uh because this is similarly to the fictional world uh we are seeing uh an unprecedented winter and uh i i think everybody needs to take breaks if you can but mostly call your parents because uh there's there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of pain and and this is this is going to be the season of sad parents well this is going to be one of the seasons of sad parents and i am not <laughs> looking forward to it but uh the crew thank you to uh, the crew B for for making a stellar piece of animation and a stellar piece of art stacy I've had my fill of sad parents in this episode alone. Can we, can we just have a couple of scenes of Raven just not caring about anything or anyone just to balance things out? I could really, really use that at this point, and I didn't think I'd ever say that. Everyone's good for something. You know what? We found Raven's ultimate purpose. <laughs> oh. Katie, how about you? Uh, get wrecked, Neo. <laughs> I, I need an entire hour of that fight or just a repeating gif. Please and thank you. And also, yeah, this was incredibly well done. Thank you for making me cry. Oh my God. This was amazing. More of this, please. But also, if you're going to give me this much hurt in the season, there damn well better be some comfort at the end. Uh, I loved this. I I I am a sucker for the uh mind control trope so I'm even though it's so 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 upsetting I am very much looking forward to seeing how all of that plays out over the course of the rest of the volume. Uh I am also a big horror movie fan as I don't know if any of you have ever been able to pick up on that. I I keep it on the DL pretty regularly. Uh but given how much of a horror fan I am, I'm really excited for this literal moving conga line of body horror heading to mantle. I cannot wait. So excited. <laughs> so excited to see how that all plays out too. And yeah, just Overall, this this was a fantastic episode with some fantastic emotional beats and some absolutely beautiful aerial choreography. Just spectacular job all the way around. Well done, Kruby. <sighs> Can't wait for the next one. All right. On that note, Mark, where can people go if they want to keep up with you? You can find me on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Mark Bidonica. That's where I stream gameplay and podcasts. Um, been doing a lot of Minecraft lately, Stoneblock Two in particular. It's they've just been listening to like electronica music and mining or breeding chickens or whatever. Real chill, just hang out. We talk. We like to talk. Have a good time. But uh, I think we got some Star Wars Squadrons and Immortals Phoenix Rising coming up. So if you if you like hanging out on Twitch, just uh, give me a follow and uh, uh that's mark bidonica that's where you can find me on twitter and instagram as well and my wife and i's podcast party of two that's on twitter at party of two pod we uh, are gonna have our season finale on sunday before taking the rest of the winter off we'll, we'll be back sometime early next year similarly to uh what ruby is doing we're gonna be taking a break and um we're gonna look back at the wild year that was 2020 and look forward to 2021 and uh 
and hope, which is uh, nice to be able to do again. So again, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, Mark Budonica, and uh, Party of Two Pod is a theme parks podcast that I have with my wife. Come join us. It's a great time. Stacy. I'm Stacey Shuttleworth. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Stacey Shuttles. I'm usually just hiding out in the love loft lately. However, <laughs> we are teaching my sister how to play Overwatch. It will be her first PC game. We are very excited. We will be chronicling that uh, over on my Twitter over the next few weeks. So uh, if you want to have some very fun stories about someone who's never played Overwatch before and her very interesting takes on some of the characters, check that out. I need to know what she thinks. I just, I, I, give me a sample, <laughs> please. <laughs> well, she just started tonight, uh, but her, her boyfriend started last night and he um, likes D.Va, except just drops the ults, like wherever he's standing. It's great. It's working. <laughs> <laughs> it's working really well. <laughs> I mean, that is how one learns. First, you place the bomb and then you learn to yeet the bomb. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. <laughs> Thank you. I'm Katie. You can follow me all over the social medias as well as on YouTube and Twitch at Kiaxet. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. If you like reaction videos to Rooster Teeth properties and also a myriad of other things, they all live on that YouTube channel. I am also part of a podcast called On The Point. It is an Overwatch and Overwatch League podcast. We are currently on hiatus because the season is on hiatus, but we may come back to talk about all of the completely insane trades that have been happening in the offseason because the league looks completely different right now and I'm not sure what to do with my life. Yeah, it's a good time. Join us. And I'm Megan Salinas. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I also have a YouTube channel called Silver Screams where Katie and I talk about horror things. And I am a member of a Lost retrospective podcast called No Love Lost, where my co-host Will Link loves Lost and I don't. And we talk about it. So again, uh, be sure to follow the whole team at the Rooster Team. You know, we have a tea public. Check us out there. Go to iTunes, rate, subscribe, leave a comment, all that great stuff. Join our Discord. You guys are amazing. And we have one final announcement. As always, we end with the important things. Wear a mask. Even if you're just walking outside your front door to walk the dog or get the mail or whatever, even if you don't think you're going to run into other human beings, wear a mask. You cannot account for anyone else's movements, but you can absolutely account for your movements and your decisions. And when you wear a mask, it protects you a little bit and it protects everyone else a lot, which is kind of the point, really. So wear a mask. Support your essential workers because they don't really get the choice to stay home, and this season is rough anyway without 2020 making things exponentially more crazy. Support your essential workers, support your post people, support the post office because they're also still suffering from shenanigans, and understand that, you know, things are going to be a little slow this season. Do your shopping locally or shop small. Amazon doesn't need your dollars, but those people on Etsy and Public and whatnot sure could use them. Thank you for voting. 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 If you're in Georgia, we're going to need you to do it again in January for the runoff election. But regardless, thank you for voting. Black lives matter. Black LGBTQIA lives matter. Black trans lives matter. Black lives matter. That has not changed. That's not going to change. Black lives matter. And guys, take care of yourselves. 
take care of each other, wear a mask. That's, that's the only way we're going to get through this is if we take care of each other. And remember, we love you. Stay safe out there, everybody. We love you and thank you so, so much for listening. This has been Ruby Redux, and now it's time to say goodbye.